Welcome to Polycast, a civilization podcast focused on game strategy. Canis Albinas, Makalua, the man team, Mega Bears fan. It says it's live. Well then, if it says that, nothing can possibly go wrong. Totally nothing. Refresh, refresh. Yes, it is live because I see it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Polycast. 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 Four hundred and twelve. I am Candace Albinus, and I am joined with the usuals, Makalua. Sounds like Candace needs some of my coffee. The me and team. Polly isn't the only thing we're crafting. And Mega Bears fan. Uh, my coworker keeps trying to get me to drink coffee. I might finally just break and try it sometime. The reason I am slow on the uptake is I played Pokemon all night. Because it just came uh. out. Ah. And uh, family's coming over at uh, 1 o'clock for our Thanksgiving day, or Thanksgiving four-day early celebration. So today might be a slightly short show, but that's okay because we got plenty to talk about. And if you're listening live, it's okay. You didn't forget that today's Thanksgiving. Canis <laughs> is just celebrating it early. Yeah. Uh, beat a lot of the travel issues that way, at least. Well, nobody's coming from more than 10 miles away, but the problem so. the problem that we deal with is uh, I have eight cousins who potentially may come. Some of them live, and, and five of them are married, or four of them are married. Let me see. One, two, three. Four of them are married. Three of them are married. I can't remember. It's hard. There's a lot of them. And... Uh, they come from various cities all over, and getting everybody together at the same time is difficult because a couple of them work in the healthcare industry, so you know, no easy, uh, no easy time to get together there, especially since one of them is a nurse. So yeah, on call all the time. It just means you get double Thanksgivings. They get there to eat go. turkey twice this year. That's nice. Yeah. Not counting the four days that I have to eat leftovers. But that's the fun part. You make leftover sandwiches. Yeah. Are you telling me you don't eat turkey at all on the other days of the year? I do, but usually I buy turkey lunch meat and then take out one day's worth of turkey and then leave the package on the counter like an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> one of my favorite things about Renfair is the $14 giant turkey leg. Well, if you have lunch meat, the secret technique is to eat all of it at the same time. I eat a pound of lunch meat all at once? That's kind of against <laughs> the point. I, I, I don't think your stomach would appreciate that very much. No. No, not at all. Although it's probably still better than eating it after leaving it out. Oh yeah, uh, I threw, <laughs> I threw fifteen sixteenths of a pound away, and I was not happy. Yeah, it sucks. It was. No, I don't actually recommend eating a pound of meat at once. <laughs> it was one of those things that triggered my downward spiral that day. But uh, we don't need to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> talk about upward spirals we didn't think we were getting more content for civ 6 but hey leader pass it, it just got announced earlier this week there's been a developer live stream as well and they're putting little snippets up on the youtube channel that you get to see see the new leaders and hear their introductions so we have some ideas of whom we're getting 
I think everybody was already guessing. We already, I think when the... We've got a leak, list. Yes, we have a list now. But we were, we, the leak that originally came had four leader silhouettes. And we, most of us got three out of four. The fourth one was the new Congolese leader. That we're all like, who's that? We don't know. But so, we don't know. I still don't yeah. know who she is. Talk about coming out of left field, too. <laughs> I, I know. I mean, we... we if, if if memory serves, we've already had like I think a Civilization Six uh, Gold Edition, a Platinum Edition, a Complete Edition, and the Anthology Edition, and then they're still pumping out new DLC. I don't know what they're going to call the next uh, version that has all of it. Uh, they're going to call it the Anthology Edition because the Anthology Edition includes all of this DLC as well. Yeah, I guess you're right. That's right. Yeah, this stuff is not uh, paid for DLC, so. Well, it is if you don't already own the anthology or all the other DLC. Ah. There's so my, my old deluxe edition from the original or whatever count. If you have bought, if you currently own all pieces of Civ 6 DLC, you get the new stuff for free. Hmm. And Gosh, uh, I, re I really hope there's not some little obscure uh, piece <laughs> of Civ 6 DLC that I never bought, like a map packer scenario or something like all that. All you have to do is go to the Civ 6. Um, store page and where it says civilization six anthology it's a collection it's one of those dynamic collections that steam does and doesn't provide full service pack ability for but it will tell you if you don't own any of them and allow you to buy them all together by the way if you don't own any civ six stuff the anthology total will cost you 30 bucks because it's the 30th anniversary of civ and that lasts until monday Basically, if you know somebody who doesn't own all of the Civ stuff, you should be telling them, buy it now and you get six free DLCs. And it's as cheap as it's ever going to be, so buy it. Unless it goes on like a crazy Black Friday sale or something on Steam, because Steam does do those as well. Uh, I don't think but, it'll ever be quite that low. Yeah, this, I doubt it'll be $30. In this, in this decade or the other things. Not because it's easy, but because it's hard. Well, the base game without any DLC is only $6 right now. Yeah. So yeah, that $40 Gathering Storm expansion, it's uh, $6 right now. Rise and Fall is $5. Well, I learned something about how Steam works as well, because I did not know that Steam had the capability of like checking if you own a base game and all DLC or like particular DLCs. I always thought it was just like, oh, the DLC requires the base game to play. Well, it does both. Steam, The Steam collections are... Um customized to you yeah because i just looked and it's like anthology bundle complete <laughs> i'm like okay that means you get all the new stuff for free uh except <laughs> except for um the small task of linking your 2k account because we have to do that again but if you have the scout cat like you should it will not make a difference oh that's the next topic <laughs> yeah but hey leader so we've got Abraham. where is the list? <laughs> Uh, the well, list. the first, the first one that we got like a full preview of was uh, Julius Caesar. I think that's but the that's the next topic. Ah, yes, because yeah. that was released later. Yeah. So we've got Abraham Lincoln, United States, Queen Mabende Nzinga of Congo, and the Sultan, uh, Sultan, uh, the Sultan Saladin. Uh, what do we call it? Uh, persona pack. So you're not getting a new Saladin. You're getting a new uh, art of him and a new ability some of the leaders are new persona packs i think six of them are persona packs is this like where we have the two versions of teddy where he's different yeah teddy someone? and Catherine. Okay. 
Um, this is the Great Negotiator pack, and it says diplomacy, uh, but we don't actually know anything about those leaders yet. Well, we will in a few uh, topics, but not yet. The second DLC is the Great Commanders pack, which includes our good old friend Tokugawa <laughs> and uh, Nadar Shah, which is a pretty uh, modern Persian leader. And then Suleiman the Magnificent, which I believe is also a Persona pack. So we now have Magnificent's uh, Catherine and the Magnificent Suleiman, because we didn't already have enough trouble keeping all of the different King Henrys straight. <laughs> or how about all those Johns that the Popes had? I think the last John was John the Twenty Third. Wait, you mean John isn't part of the title? No. Oh man, and I've been saying Pope John all this time. Well, each successive pope has to have the entire, like, pope and then the name from the previous pope. So as you go, you just get more words. Sounds very uh, Eastern, but no. (laughs) The third pack is the Rulers of China pack, which, why are we giving China recognition when they're being evil? But we get Chuang Shui Huang, the unifier. I did not pronunciate that right, and I don't care. Because I'm tired. It's QSH is the correct pronunciation for and that. And then we get the Ming Yongle Emperor, which uh, when that comes out, I'll have some fun stories to tell about his legacy and mm-hmm. returning Wu Saitan. I believe this is our first time for the Ming representative. Probably. And so. there's a largely good reason for that. <laughs> Next... I don't know. When Sif Warthrow and Stalin are in Mao, there, there wasn't much... Uh... It wasn't much worse they could bring in. I would rather have Mao because then it would be a uh, because then China wouldn't be happy with it. But I don't know. It's like Firaxis thinks that by adding a Rulers of China DLC, they won't get banned the next time there's a game crackdown. Just ask all the other comp- Just ask all those other chi- uh, game companies that tried to kowtow to China to get some more sales. How many of those games are banned now? I'd be surprised if they actually believed it, but whatever. I mean, the Fraxis devs, that is. I mean, considering what they have Civ doing. Did we need another three leaders for China when they already have two? Who knows? And it also might have been more of a 2K decision than a Fraxis decision. So. Well, they do own the, the NBA franchise. We know how that goes. Mm. Rulers of the Sahara, pack four. Because apparently Egypt, even though it gets two of the leaders out of three, isn't important enough to be the rulers of Egypt pack. The third one, we got Ramses of Egypt, and then we get the Ptolemaic Cleopatra, which is the persona, and Sudista Kaita of Mali. Mali is not in the Sahara, but okay. Close. It's close, but it's not in the Sahara. I think their territory technically stretched into the Sahara. I think it's next door to the Sahara. They're on each end of the Sahara, you know, kind of next door to us. They're like, eh, close enough. Yeah. And then we get the... I mean, yeah, the Palace of Egypt was not, like, in the Sahara either. No, but the Egypt was in the Sahara. The only part that wasn't a desert was the part where the Nile was. And that's why they were the Nile River. Oh, that's, like, where nearly all their population was, though. (laughs) Yeah. It was along that river. Because... I don't know. Mali's close enough, in my mind, to the Sahara. It works. You could just call it the Saharan Africa pack. Well, then you would need more than just the two of the corners. Or better yet, how about we add another Moroccan leader and uh, two Egyptian leaders and then just call it the North Africa pack? 
Nope, we're going to add the country of Chad. No, they added Mali, second leader. Which is okay, I have nothing against Mali, but... And the leader of Chad will be Chad, for no reason. The fifth DLC in this pack is the Great Builders pack. We get Theodora of the Byzantines, Sejong of Korea, and Ludwig II of Germany. Ludwig II being famous for uh, constructing the Neuschwanstein and um, not finishing it because he had some sort of, some uh, focus issues in his life. <coughs> and the last one is yet another bullcrap one. It's the Rulers of England pack, where we get Elizabeth I of England. Okay, fair enough. Varangian Harold Haudrada for Norway. <laughs> A ver- well, yes, the, that... Okay, but it wasn't it wasn't Norway that conquered Norway as Vikings that conquered a bunch of the middle of England. That was the Danes. <laughs> well, the the idea being that Harold Hardrada apparently had one of the four claims to the throne when the former English king died. So he was part of the uh, part of the conquerors bowl. What do we call it? And him? wait, the Kenneth, England bowl? at the start of EU four, who owns Orkney? See, it, it's it's. <laughs> It's reasonable. <laughs> no, I, I'm I'm not saying that it's not reasonable, but I'm saying if you're going to have a Rulers of England pack, why Harold Hadrada and not freaking William the Conqueror? Yeah, because we could have another French leader. I mean, if we're gonna have if we're gonna have a game where we have three British leaders uh, or three English leaders already, and then add three more. Why don't we just, uh, you know, take one of those away from England and give them to France? And just make another shared leader between the two. So I'm, I'm confused. Is is this version of, of the Norway leader a leader for the Norway civilization or for yes. the English civilization? It is a Norway civ. Yeah, it's, it's got Norway it's, in parentheses. So it's, a, it's a, um, it is a persona pack for the existing Norway leader, which... Um, just remind everybody that Norway made it into Civilization VI solely because their king claimed the English throne? Question mark. Is that why he's famous? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know anything else about him. But we could have had a Viking civ again instead. How about just a Norway civ with an actual Viking? Yeah. Do we have a Denmark in modern civ, or is it not there? I know we had a Denmark in civ five. Do we have a Denmark in civ six? I don't think so. No, that's why they couldn't do that. But that would have been a great opportunity to add Denmark if you wanted to do that. Oh, well, oh we could also add back the Native American Empire. Uh, and the Holy Roman Empire. Yeah. Well, that's... That's a little bit different. That, that's also asinine, but not as bad. <laughs> I'm Otto the First. But no, the third leader... Oh, we need leader and personality packs to the agery and like represent every prince. You just get a drop down menu and pick. <laughs> oh my! So what you're saying is Civilization Six needs a Voltaire's Nightmare achievement? Yeah, of course. Well, if they put that in, they absolutely should uh, include that achievement. Then, holy cow! There should be. They should actually do this. So, there should yeah. have been a Rulers of Germany pack instead of a Rulers of China pack. Is what should have happened. But oh, well, they're kind of doing it anyway. Why? They just added Ludwig. Yeah, Ludwig is not the same thing. Yeah, but he is not an HRE ruler. He's like a modern German ruler. It's okay. Pre-modern. It's like the late 1800s. We can blend HRE and German rulers together. It's happened before in Civ. I don't think he was a king, was he? Ludwig? 
Well, Sims it's, doesn't care if people are kings. Were they rulers with a lot of influence? That's the criteria. And the third uh, England leader is a persona for Victoria. This is the Age of Steam Victoria. And I have to ask, how is she already not the Age of Steam Victoria? She's like, not steampunk Victoria or something? Like, she's not steampunk Victoria, but her power is basically steam power. Like, the steam, the steam era stuff. So, I don't know. Are they just, like, restoring a variation of England's, like, old ability? Or is this going to be a new ability? Because England's ability has changed so many times, I don't remember what it even is anymore. This is going to turn her into a one-to-one copy, including leader portrait, of Civ Three Victoria. <laughs> I don't remember Civ Three Victoria. Elder Victoria as opposed to young <clears throat> Victoria. Well, well, I remember the AI Victoria in Civ Three acting a little bit more belligerent, too, but that that my memory might be failing me. It's a long time ago. Late-era Victorian Britain was pretty aggressive. Yeah, well, I don't know how well that translates into Civ Six, though. Not very, because the AIs are kind of weird. Yeah. So should we move on to our next topic? The developer live stream. Oh, yes, this was a fun one. They all had big steins on their tables, and uh, one of them looked like it was filled with beer. And it sounded a little bit like they were uh, a little bit tipsy, but I know they weren't. Um, so they released or they announced that Julius Caesar is the free uh, great communicator pack leader, quote unquote, free at asterisk only. Apl- uh, uh, what, what, what is it? Uh, applies with cool purchase. Uh, free with. Um, uh, application to the 2K to the My2K spyware access point, which, uh, as I said earlier, or I may have said this off air, but uh, as I said earlier, you should already be a part of that because of the Scout Cat. So if you already have the Scout Cat and you didn't cheat to get it, you already have this thing when it's free. It comes out on the 21st of November, and uh, all you got to do is go to where it says mods and uh, dlc content and it'll be there as one of the checkable options if you've linked your 2k account with steam yeah it seems there was originally placed on this thread on Fanatics about uh, this that they were planning a wildcard policy slot each time you take an opposing capital and that has since been stricken that would be crazy yeah it would also like really incentivize playing on larger maps or just adding extra sieves to any given map i think that would be good even on the smallest settings other than like a 1v1 yeah dual map with 12 ais on it do we know do we know that they removed that or they just hadn't added it in the build they tested well from what i'm reading here that like people read about it but in the stream it wasn't there and now the screenshots of uh caesar's ability doesn't have it listed and that's like taken from the game so it seems like it was on the cutting board. That would like, make sense. <clears throat> Maybe they actually pl- let the playtesters play with it and they realize, oops, that's a little much. And uh, you're getting 200 gold for each time you take a city for the first time. so And then 500 after steel. So you get a healthy chunk of change. Although that's certainly nowhere near the value of getting a bunch of wildcard slots. Although it's hard to take that many capitals. Uh, without already being in a winning position. Like, if you're playing single player and you've captured two capitals or more off the AI as anybody, even, like, people who aren't built for it, 
you're probably in a winning position. You can probably figure out a way to interrupt any victory conditions the AI is going to do if you're that big. Yeah, CivMD, who's been a guest before for us, pointed out in Discord yesterday that taking the, the, the bad thing about Caesars, you don't get the free monument thing and that extra culture from very early on drastically changes your gameplay as well. Yeah. Unless you're just benefit. <clears throat> unless you're just using the 200 gold from capturing each city to buy a monument, in which case you just have Trajan's ability again. <laughs> yeah. It's like that could if they'd left that in on top of the 200 gold, that might have been a little overpowered. But at the same time, by taking away the monument, uh, there's the strength of Rome kind of going away. Yeah. yeah. And forces... you still get Legion, so you're not like completely gimped, but you could certainly make a case. It's less impressive than yeah. the immediate early uh, early culture benefit from Trajan, because you generally will settle a few cities, e even if you're going to go knock heads. Mm -hmm. And those are settled earlier rather than later. Yeah, and get all your governments faster with the culture and such like that, so. Yeah. We've slipped into the Julius Caesar topic early again. Maybe we should just talk about that and then discuss the just, other stuff in the in yeah, the just, yeah. in the live stream later. Okay. So, I'm supposed to introduce this. I guess I sort of have already. Yes. But yeah, Julius Caesar leads Rome, and we've covered his uh, ability where you get gold when you take stuff. Uh, he still has all the roads lead to Rome as well. So you get the trading post right from the start, and you found her take cities. And uh, you get the road on the tiles. Yeah. Which is really helpful if you decide to send a, uh, a settle a city uh, right next to where you're about to invade. For sure, because you don't have to set up the trade infrastructure to road there. Not that roads are particularly great in early game, but it's something. You can get through some harsh terrain a little bit faster, I guess. Uh, so yeah, maybe a little bit worse than Trajan, but probably still decent. But man, that wild card thing would have been nice. Yeah, I'd be interested to see how that played. Yeah, yeah, because I I wouldn't uh, immediately lean into concluding it's overpowered. Because again, like if you are actually taking multiple capitals already, like that's more of a win harder condition than it is like this is going to help you win. Uh, you're already winning if you've got more than like two or three capitals. I guess the wild card slot would have been to help you manage what you've got a little bit better. I guess, but you, like by then you really don't need the help generally. I don't think I've ever lost on deity after taking two AI capitals. Like <laughs> if you do that, you've done the hard part. And I don't know about multiplayer, but uh, even there, I would imagine that uh, you're just going to be considered more of a runaway, and you would have already been considered a runaway if you conquered two people, and probably already killed by a gang up. Yeah, or try it anyway. So yeah, it might help you defend the the coalition a little bit in that setting. United against us event. So is that all we have for Julius Caesar? Should we go back to the actual um, live stream? Sure. I think we can do that. Okay. So we learned a few things about the live stream or about how Firaxis operated uh, has worked throughout the live stream. Uh, first of all, the game is not, or the new DLC has not been announced for the consoles, and it's not because they don't want to put them on consoles, it's because they're running into barriers, which to me sounds like, hi, my name is Nintendo, my name is Sony, my name is Microsoft, I want more money. Mm. And uh, also maybe some issues with performance on the consoles as well in terms of adding the new stuff i don't know specifically if that was part of it or not but they said we want to and are still working on getting them to consoles but we can't say anything about that yet 
Well, it also might just be that they have to wait until it's out on PC for a while because the console stores probably don't have that functionality that Steam has with the collections where, you know, it's free for people who already own all of the expansions. Uh, so, like, I don't know how you would do that in the console stores. So maybe they're just like, eh, we have to wait like six months or something like that until everybody who's going to have it on PC has it because it's just going to have to be free DLC on consoles. So that would be my guess. That's possible. It might also be that, um, you know, we are... Wait a minute. Did we just go down? No, we didn't. Okay. Uh, it may be that in order to get the stuff onto the consoles, it takes more than the amount of time they have left before release. Because um, I know that putting stuff on console has, like, certification periods that are very long for updates. So that could be part of it as well. We learned nothing about potential bug fix updates. They said nothing about that. I would I really hope we get some. <laughs> I would hope we would get some, but uh, I would be not surprised. I would not be surprised if we don't, because it seems like the rest of the team has moved on to Civ Seven. Honestly, the most important I, I update would be a fix to the launcher. <laughs> Honestly, I'd rather have a bug fix pack than a leader pack. So. Yeah, but I would rather have both because they've already announced the one. Um, we have learned that apparently, now this is not confirmed, but apparently Aspire is no longer making the ports. Now, I don't know who will be making the ports or if they've decided that they need to start doing that internally, but... And that could also be the barrier to getting it on consoles because wasn't Aspire the company that was doing all of the console porting? I believe Aspire does console porting for Civ, yes. We learned almost nothing about the new leaders that come out on uh, the 21st of November, except we learned that it is possible for Congo's new queen to get religion and win a religious victory. Oh. And we also learned that Lincoln's ability is controversial within Firaxis because it may be too strong, but it also may cause too much internal friction within your empire. So uh, nobody's quite sure what that means. Yeah, that's... Uh, that's real vague. Uh... <laughs> that will certainly be unique compared to previous uh, times we've seen Lincoln, if that's how it goes. The only thing I can think of is maybe it's something like India in Civ Five, where... They have a bonus, but also a malice. And it could, my guess would be it would be related to uh, one of your one or more of your cities becoming a free city or going independent. Oh, Maybe like you have uh, more issues with loyalty in exchange for something. Yeah, like uh, weren't there? Oh gosh, I'm trying to think. I, I feel like there was a sieve where like uh, someone declares war on you and you get like production bonuses or something like that. That's is Australia. That the, is, yeah, yeah. Australia. I'm thinking maybe something along that lines, but the trigger is one of your city cities goes independent and then you get like, you know, 10% or 20% or something production boost. That would be my guess. Is Ooh. it trying to reflect the civil war kind of, and maybe that's what the controversial bit is. I think I mean, the I'm sure that's what they're going for, but based on what, uh, Jason's describing, oh my gosh, like you would just deliberately let a, a disloyal city flip after capturing it, most likely. That would be like so different from the US Civil War. <laughs> we know that the uh, the controversy was not about whether or not it fit Lincoln. The controversy was whether or not it was too strong. 
Like, yeah, well, I mean, you could have something like that uh, then provide a ridiculous benefit with most of the downside mitigated because you're deliberately causing this scenario in a way that's not too impactful against you. Yeah. So maybe that's why they're worried about it being strong. Like you're you're taking some kind of loyalty penalty or amenities penalty or something, and then you're using that for a massive trade-off. I wonder what they're going to do that's supposedly so strong, though, because it's hard for me to believe that they would make Lincoln's military like a nightmare. I don't know. We'll find out on Monday, which for you guys yeah. is last Monday, probably, or however long it takes for me to get the last two episodes before this one that aren't out yet edited. I, I find it hard to believe that Firaxis would like give Lincoln, of all leaders that are actually in the game already, uh, the most juiced military bonuses. <laughs> He would not be my guess as I'm, for who to do I'm that. I'm just with. trying to think of what mechanics in the game, like you know, have like a historical relevance to you know Lincoln and the American Civil War and cities going independent is like the best thing I can come up with. Do we have yeah, a way to represent like, this? That probably would be loyalty. Do we have a way to represent the suspension of habeas corpus? Ugh. I don't think so, but that would be one thing you could do. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I guess it could be like a no war weariness, like at all kind of thing. Oof. Or maybe <laughs> double double war weariness, but double military strength. No, come on now. Oh, God. <laughs> you, unit combat strength is buffed by uh, war weariness. Oh, that, is... <laughs> oh, that, that could be a little OP. Yeah, yeah. Just I don't think bit. I don't think there's a well, I guess there is, isn't there? Never mind. I guess it depends how much it's buffed <laughs> by horror weariness. You could do effective? that and make it reasonable, but you could also make it stupid. But yeah, if it takes like a ridiculous amount of horror weariness to get like plus three or something, then it wouldn't be that special. In fact, it would, I would argue that it would be reasonably weak since you're trying to avoid that outcome. The only thing we know about the new Saladin is he's apparently more military focused. And that's all we know. It's good. Have the Arabia knocking heads a little bit as well. I forget what Saladin did in the. Uh, I know they had the. I think uh, Arabia had the great profit, last profit ability, but I forget if that was Arabia or Saladin that had that. I don't remember. I would be. I would imagine that was Arabia because I don't think Saladin was a particularly huge rabbin, uh, not rabbinical, uh, imamate guy. But yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that was the Arabian national abilities. But I, I'm completely spacing on what Saladin's leader ability might have been. If we were professionals, we'd look it up. But unfortunately, we're not professionals. I'm looking it up. <laughs> Civil... can't, just can't resist. Civilization 6, uh, Arabia, um, Wikia. I promise I am not 90% asleep. Nope, the Arabian Civilization ability is the last profit, which gives you the last profit. Uh, we get Saladin. Saladin's ability is leader faith leader bonus righteousness of the faith the worship building for arabia's religion is 90 percent cheaper to purchase with faith arabian cities with that building gain 10 percent science faith and culture that's actually not that bad of an ability you just have to have faith faith of faith or i mean it makes up for not having a lot of faith but you still get all your buildings and stuff well, you're going to have a lot of faith if you have that building. You will, yeah. But you might not have a lot of faith when you found your religion because you just get it regardless of whether you focused on faith or not. I think that was kind of the point of the, the combination of those two abilities. Well, you, you still have to uh, have a 
at least one settlement or religious place to found your religion, don't you? True. Yes, you you do have to build a holy site in order for your prophet to found the religion because they have to found the religion on a holy site tile. But I mean, you can do that after you get the uh, the prophet if you you know aren't in any particular rush. The point is, you don't have to like from turn one be like beelining for a religion, even at higher difficulties. So yeah, you you might not have the best faith output when you get your religion. At least you'll get a religion though. We got anything else juicy in the uh, live stream? Oh, Saladin was a curd. Who knew? Hmm. Uh, with regard to the live stream, I I don't know. Um, he uh, gets like I'm gonna shut up. Like the model itself looks good because it's very clearly covering his baldness or attempting to, and uh, his his reactions and animations are a little bit over the top, but considering that historically caesar was a huge diva it makes a lot of sense <laughs> you're talking about the the julius caesar uh leader model or the yes. saladin leader model julius caesar because oh. um we didn't see the saladin leader model yeah the okay thing they posted like 20 minutes ago yeah the caesar when i first saw the uh, julius caesar model i'm like whoa he's pretty swole yeah he's, like, he's he... his arm his arms look pretty beefy well he yeah I don't know why why he's wearing bronze armor, but could just be painted. I guess, but did the Romans oh, paint their armor? Did he want oh. to lo- look like his hero Alexander the Great perhaps? Was Alexander the Great his hero? I don't think it was. I think <laughs> I think he considered Alexander to be like a failure because he died so young and then Caesar didn't live very long. Oh, I, I could be mistaken, but I, I was under the impression that uh, Julius Caesar like really admired Alexander the Great. Maybe it was other Roman emperors or what or generals. I know that um, in general, the leadership of Rome really liked Greek culture. I don't know if it extended to Alexander the Great, though. I think that's all we can glean out of this live stream for now. So now it's time to switch to another game. Yes, that's right, because remember, there are other Civ-like games out there on the market now, and one of those is Humankind, which uh, also just got its first full expansion pack, uh, I want to say, was it last month or at the very start of this month? It was November 9th, so 10 days uh, ago okay. for us. Wow. Um, unfortunately, uh, I have purchased it, but I have not had an opportunity to play it yet, so... Uh, I don't know if I'm even going to have an opportunity to play it until, you know, probably uh, around the holiday time in um, late December. So I might not have impressions or review of it until the new year, but uh, I don't know. Has anyone else heard anything about whether or not it's uh, any good or fixes any of the complaints or criticisms of humankind or perhaps exacerbates them? Um, I'm just going to read what's on the steam page because i haven't had a chance to look at anything else because i've been too busy playing pokemon and looking at civ stuff but (laughs) we have the enter empire forum which is the congress of humankind you could just call it the world congress you pretentious pricks uh allows inter empire forum for votes on global doctrines and arbitration of global conflicts together sounds like a bigger uh influence of other countries telling you what to do with your own country which is always bad in this type of game uh well i don't know i mean the 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 
the note that you said about being able to arbitrate other conflicts, like that actually sounds like something that is really cool and that gives a lot more power to coalitions uh, in terms of like controlling warmongering and stuff like that. So that that actually could be something that uh, Firaxis might want to look at if it uh, worked out well in humankind. No, we don't want any buddy telling us that we can't warmonger against our neighbors this is a civ game this is not a paradox game no coalitions <laughs> yeah like it's one of those things that on paper that sounds neat because you're thinking of i could step in and stop these other conflicts but then what ends up being is the ai is always trying to stop your conflicts and that gets really annoying especially on higher levels because uh this uh expansion adds a new um a new currency called leverage that you send out agents, which are units to go and get by sabotaging, infiltrate and disinforming your enemy. And uh, the AI will always have more of that than you will, because there's more of them. And also they get bonuses. So yeah, you may have all the maximum number of envoys, spies and spy masters that you can. These are the uh, things that are allowed in the agent family that lets you gather uh, leverage in humankind, but uh, the AI will do a better job at it than you because it is designed to. So, Post of Six already has AIs hate you if you go super warmonger and you don't do anything to mitigate it. Although you can just fight through that. The new embassy quarter brings your negotiate brings new negotiation tactics. You can sign trade agreements beneficial to multi both your empires. Use the new currency leverage to force an empire to take specific actions for your benefit sounds bad well it depends on what the actions are well i mean on the other end of the spectrum you've got civ 6 or you know civ games which have traditionally had the ability to make demands of other you know players and ais but they just always say no uh so like having some mechanic in place that is like no you will seed to our demands like I, I can definitely see there being room for something like that traditionally they didn't always say no traditionally they usually said no and then when you were strong they said eh, all right you would have to be pretty strong to get something useful through demands though i'm just remembering like... the time i managed to buy gibraltar oh wait that was total war never mind <laughs> yeah. I was I was England and I managed to buy the province of Gibraltar from Spain and then every turn after that they tried to buy it back. And your strength in the Civ games has not influenced the purchasing of stuff uh historically. Like you can't combo a demand with a trade agreement of any kind to my knowledge or like leverage that like a military power difference to make a more favorable trade. Yeah, you can't, really. you can't be like, hey, you see all those units on your border? Uh, they will be in your border unless you give me that luxury resource. Our trade relations have been fair and forthright, which means we gave them stuff. Yeah, that means you've had you've been favorably trading for them. Give them 100 gold. Well, it's gills over time, but yes. And then we have diplomatic affinity cultures. Uh, their active abilities allow you to demilitarize territories for 10 turns while their passive ability allows all their units to become agents and collect leverage. And these are the Sumerians, the Han Chinese, the Bulgarians, Bulgarians, Swiss, Scots, and Singaporeans. There's too many S's in that. Every one of them has an S, even the Han Chinese and the Bulgarians. They, yeah, they I, like, I can see if you use like leverage to force a strategic resource trade or something, like for like 
then it wouldn't be too toxic. Whereas if you can use it to force nations to stop fighting each other, then that would be awful. Six new wonders, seven independent peoples, 15 new narrative events, including four inter-empire events, and new in-game theme music. I mean, where else would music go if it's not in-game? I mean, I guess that's as opposed to it being in just the menus. I would say that's in the game as well, but... Yeah, I think they mean, like, while actually playing the game, like, in a map, in a match. Did I step on you, Mackie? I was... Well, just to with the leverage thing, if the cost to make somebody stop wars or start wars even was a really, 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 really high cost, then it might not be so bad. It's just, that's a balance issue though. Yeah. We don't want any more Civ to uh, democracy type things again. We're at war with our mortal enemies. Sorry. You're at peace now. What? Break truce. We have to destroy them before they build nukes. Oh, we're at peace now. And now they have nukes. And things just went boom. Whoops. We must dissent. So I just have to be fundamentalist, fundamentally in favor of nuclear arms. I'm not. But only for yourself. I'm not fundamentally in favor of them, but I'm definitely uh, circumstantially in favor of them. You don't have to tell your people that, Canis. And our last topic for today actually happened... A while ago, Soren Johnson, developer of Civ 4 and part of Civ 3, had a tweet uh, back before Twitter was apparently persona non grata. Uh, this was October 28th, 2002, 22, and it was Things Every Civ Designer Learns. There are only 10 distinct colors. Chariots. Hey, two more than I thought there were. <laughs> chariots are too darn big to fit on the tile. Colossus has one L and three S's. <laughs> There's also alternate spellings of Colosseums, which always throw me off because Civ always seems to spell Colosseum like not the way that I think Colosseum is supposed to be spelled. They spell it the yeah. Latin way. Yeah. yeah, there's a there's a reply underneath that that's from T Potato McWhiskey about that exact thing. Every time I go into the Wikia and I keep getting Colosseum first because I keep forgetting one L. There's three more list things on the list. The AI is bad at amphibious assault. Duh. Among other things. I the feel like all three of these track well beyond Civ, but are also true in Civ. <laughs> the easiest level is never easy enough and never will be. The hardest level will never be hard enough. Those are both so true. <laughs> oh, I, I, I didn't notice, but Brian Reynolds actually replied to one of the tweets. Um, oh. Somebody said, uh, what's this guy? How do you, it's, a, it's a French name. That I probably should know. Who is this guy? Form uh, senior designer for Magic Fuel Games, formerly uh, formerly the lead script gameplay scripter and designer for Civ City, Sim City. Ah, uh, Guillermo uh, Guillaume Pierre. I apologize to the Frenchmen and women who are listening, but I cannot do it. It says the simple answer to amphibious assault is to just turn units into boats when they reach the water tile, rather than load up <laughs> on a carrier. And then Brian Reynolds says, yep, that's what we eventually did in Rise of Nations in the RTS, but only after I was battle-scarred from 2.5 or 3 or 3.5 or whatever it was, Civ-style games. Well, and eventually with Civ 5, Civ figured that out too. Everybody's on a boat. Yep. I actually liked the Civ 4 model, but uh, the AI certainly was no good with it. Oh, I gotta get off Twitter. We're supposed to be doing something. It's a picture... 
of a toad and a missile tied together, and it says, it's time to hang your missile toads. Oh, boy. But up. Yeah. Yeah, that difficulty thing, like, you can just even, go, even on, like, FTL, you can find people who struggled on uneasy, and you can find people who, like, win streak hundreds of wins on hard. That's just how it goes. You're always going to have, like, some ridiculous player who just trivializes the highest difficulties, and what? there will definitely be people who can't figure your game out and will suck even if you give them all the bonuses. What's your win on hard streak? In FTL? Yeah. Um, I, I've hit 20 a few times. I don't know how far past that I've gotten. It's always He's still NGB. doing better than us because he has a win streak. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've never never beat FTL. <laughs> I never beat the final battle station thing. Yeah, I mean, you're, a 20 streak on hard is pretty challenging to achieve. It, those, that's a style of game I've been playing a lot in the past five years or so like i also have a 15 win streak in dungeon crawl stone soup uh which is again like there are plenty of other people who have done that like all time but it, as a percentage of the player base it's basically nothing well so that's not like that's not something you would expect to achieve anywhere near when you're just firing up that type of game for the first time and learning it you're it would take many hours to get there the average player of Stone Crew, Stone Soup hasn't won a game, so... Yeah, well, the median player has not as well. The, the vast majority of people who boot that up will never win it. I will never boot it up except to watch. It is fun, though. And I, I, FTL's a lot of fun, too. I recommend the multiverse mod for those who have not uh, tried mods in that game. Anyway, we're coming to the top of the hour, which means it's time to say goodbye. Yes, it is yes, indeed. This has been Polycast episode 412, finally with some actual Civ news to tell you about. Yay! Uh, it's, it's been a while. Uh, I have been Mega Bears fan, joined as always by Canis Albinus. It has been 16 months, at least. Actually, no, that's 18 months. Never mind. Makalua. Oh boy, back to grocery lists. Yay. And the me and team. Never forget that the Ten Swordsman Wonder is still in the game. <laughs> ten Swordsman then, seems like a lot. Well, well, for scale, it might be the Five Swordsman Wonder, but the Insert Unit Here Wonder is always a great wonder to build. I remember. More. It's okay. I remember when it was the Build Five Composite Archer to win. <laughs> or is it Six Axemen? Depends on the game. I would not want to run six only Six Axemen though, and so far I would want more than that. That's too low. Yeah. The Vita Guardians spawned outside your city. Well, you wouldn't have accidents by then. <laughs> if that happened as early as it possibly could before they've hatched it, you wouldn't have anything and you'd just lose. Oh no. The end of the game is at hand. Like, even if you just, like, hard teched archery and the first thing you built, like, the second you had the archery tech was an archery, you could still die to that. Yeah. <laughs> they did patch it, though, so it was less ridiculous. It's still absurd. Oh, it sounds like people have started to show up, which means it's time for us to say goodbye for the real now. Civilization goodbye 4. For the real now. Nope. Civilization 3, 4, 5, Beyond Earth, and 6, Sound Clips. Copyright Take 2 Interactive. Copyright the Polycast at thepolycast.net.